Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with Status Post Adulting. Hey, Status Post Adulting family. This is Sammy and Michelle. And you're listening to the 42nd episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are going to be talking about the death clock. But first, let me check in with my co-host, Michelle. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing great, Sammy. I had a great weekend with my friends. My friend and fellow podcast listener, Alicia, was in town. And so we got to do a lot of fun things in the city, like go roller skating and dancing and fun things like that. So it was really nice to have somebody in town. How are you doing, Sammy? I'm doing really good. As you know, it was a very eventful week for me. Hmm, yes. Why is that, Sammy? Do you have any news? I do have news. In fact, I have a new job. Last week, I was interviewing, and this week, I got an offer for a new job. So I will be moving to a small town in Southern California, and I have put in my one-month notice at my job, which is crazy because I have been at that job for five and a half years, and... It's really bittersweet trying to leave my job and figure everything out right now. I'm really excited for you, Sammy. I know that you've had a really positive experience at your current job. And I also know that there's going to be a lot of great opportunities for you moving forward. Thank you, Michelle. And you know what really made me realize that it was time for a change? It was a concept that we actually talked about slash created called the death clock. Yes, Sammy, that's true. I was actually asking Sammy a fun question I had heard online, which she totally misunderstood. (laughs) But what happened was we ended up on this conversation of the idea of your death clock. It's a little bit on the darker side, but we think it really helps provide some perspective onto your life. And so the question was, if you had a clock, a timer, Something that was counting down to the moment that you would die. What would that number have to be for you to make changes in your life? One year, five year, ten year, tomorrow. What do those different time frames really mean to you and what you would change if you actually had a better idea of when your time has come? Exactly, Michelle. And it's funny because when we had started talking about it, We were asking each other, if you had a death clock or a death timer near your head that was telling you that you have about five more years left to live, what would you do? What would you change? And then after hearing each other's response, we were like, what about if it was 10 years? What about if it was 70 years? And it was really interesting to see what the changes were. Michelle and I were actually on our way back from the interview for my job, and we were discussing this. And first, we did timeframes like two years or five years. And what I realized is in that period of time, I actually have enough money saved up that I probably would quit my job because I don't really need to work. And I would just do things that I really want to do, like travel, 
hang out with people that I care about, maybe meet some new people, move around. However, when the time frame started to get longer, the answers started to change. For example, for a 20-year death clock, I would definitely still be working because I most likely don't have enough money to last 20 years. And that was similar at about maybe a 30 or 40-year time frame as well. The interesting thing that I noted was when I asked myself, what would my death clock have to show for me to stay in this exact current situation that I'm at? in my current job, in my current life situation, I realized that it would have to be like a really long death clock. For example, a death clock that says that I'd be dying at 100 plus years. The thing I realized is I really would only continue living the way I'm living today if I thought I was immortal. And the situation was really specific for me because I had just interviewed for a job which I would most likely get significantly higher pay for. And I would also move to a lower cost of living area. So financially, I'd be able to save a lot more money. And I realized that unless my death clock showed a really short time frame, like one to five years, I should change my job because I should try to change my situation for the better. I should try to enter a situation where I'm either making more money or have more time. And that was really interesting to me because before I ever applied for this job, I really didn't think about changing my job that much at all. And then when we brought up the death clock and I realized that there was almost no scenario in which I was going to stay at my current job, I realized that I was truly living as if I was never going to die, as if this lifetime is unlimited, as if I have all of eternity to do whatever I want. And in reality, we have a really short amount of time. And that's what I really liked about the death clock. It makes you think about the short term, what you would do, and it also makes you think about the long term. We often get that question, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, what would you do? And in my head, I'm always like, well, I would probably make a lot of calls (laughs) (laughs) and be like, hey, I'm going to die tomorrow. Really liked you. You know, it's, it's actually not a practical implication for how we should live every single day because we're most likely not going to die tomorrow and so calling everybody that we know and trying to get in contact with all our friends is just not how we're going to spend it. Right, Tammy. You bring up a good point, which is that in a lot of ways, we do live like we're immortal, which ironically makes it so we're less eager to make changes in our life. I feel sometimes that I do know I want to make a change, but then I keep putting off the decision versus if I knew that I had a limited amount of time, I wouldn't make the changes that I wanted to make because I be like, who cares? Like, I I need to move forward with my life. I want to be able to make change and grow. And I know that I have a limited amount of time to do those things. So I think that's exactly what it helps with, because we do find that it puts into perspective in a really helpful way, what is most important to you. I think even to your point, if my death clock was tomorrow, oftentimes what I think, because that is kind of crazy, it's a crazy short amount of time to have any sort of reaction to knowing that you're going to go. A lot of times in those moments, when I think about that timeline, I really ask myself, am I happy now? Like in this moment, am I happy? Am I happy day over day? Just conceptually, do I feel good in my heart? Because that's what's most important to me. Because in those moments, you can't change much. But at least I know, hey, like I'm living a life that I'm proud of and that I'm happy about. Maybe I won't be able to accomplish everything, but at least I know I'm taking care of myself. That's so true, Michelle. And I think a lot of the reasons people don't change their situation is because they are comfortable. And 
it's oftentimes hard to leave a comfortable situation unless something becomes uncomfortable. But the truth is, your lifetime is limited. So if you truly appreciated that your lifetime is limited, you would move towards your goals. You would move towards the life that you really want to be living. Absolutely, Sammy. It really helps me break out of complacency, where every day is pretty good, pretty comfortable. I know I need to maybe push my boundaries a little bit, but oh, I can do it tomorrow instead. And then obviously, tomorrow never comes. That's right, Michelle. And I think a lot of people get into a situation where they truly are living like they're immortal because they're not living a life that's either optimized for the super short death clock nor the longer term death clocks. Yes, Amy, we almost choose the worst of both worlds. Exactly. For example, people will often work jobs that they're content with, but maybe they don't love and they're dedicating most of their time to that job. But then when they get out of work, because maybe they feel like a little bit robbed of their time, they might spend a ton of money to do things just to make them quickly happy, like a quick treat yourself. But that really has no long-term value. So in that case, they're both staying in a situation that consumes most of their time that is not what they want to be doing, and also spending all their potential resources for the future, meaning their savings or their money. They're spending all their money. So even at a future date, they're not even going to have the money to do what they want to do. So true, Sammy. I'm so guilty of that gluttony, not only in terms of money, which I think we've talked about in the past, like how we used to spend a lot more and feel like there was no purpose in saving, but also this really put into perspective my health. I am super, super gluttonous and am for sure addicted to sugar. It's a total weakness of mine. And mine too. And Sammy's. And everybody in our diabetic (laughs) families. And uh, one thing I was thinking about if my death clock was 50 years down the line, I was like, I want to make sure that's a good 50 years. Like you can live long and also not be in the best health. And so that really put in perspective, like if I knew I had a long time to live, I would probably want to exercise more. I'd want to eat more. I want to be one of those tiny little 80 year olds doing yoga and killing it. Not literally. (laughs) (laughs) And so that put in perspective how I can often indulge in things like, I don't know, tons and tons of Halloween candy after very (laughs) few children came. And all of a sudden we have all these bags of candy. (laughs) (laughs) And then my face is breaking out and then I'm angry at myself. But I digress. The truth is, is that I do want to take care of myself and eat healthy. But sometimes the way I eat is as if God's taken me tomorrow. Yes, that is such a great point, Michelle. I felt the exact same thing when I started to think about these longer time frame death clocks. I really realized I'm like, I just really want to be healthy. I want to be flexible. Like I need to make changes in my life today if if I want to have ability at those higher ages. Absolutely, Sammy. It also put other things in an interesting perspective. Like if I had 20 years to live, would I be like, oh my gosh, I really want to have kids and I want to do that now? Or maybe I would reconsider that and say, hey, if I only had that time frame, maybe it wouldn't matter to me. I don't think there's any right answers when it comes to how you live your life depending on your death clock. And an ideal situation is, is if you're like, hey, I'm living a good life. But I think it's a really helpful, reflective way to 
think about the decisions you make in the short term and the long term and see if there's any changes that maybe you've been thinking about making but can now realize are actually very important to you. And you know what's really interesting, Michelle? In Buddhism, they are really fixated on death. They think meditating on death is so important and it can really affect changes in your life. I really think death clock is so similar to meditating on your own death, except it adds this like Western aspect of a timer to it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a digital clock. (laughs) It lights up. (laughs) It's on your Apple Watch. And yeah, it adds this little like Western aspect of a timer, which I find so helpful because I literally just like imagine me walking around with like a timer countdown from five years, just ticking all the time. And something about that just really puts it in perspective because yeah, there's no timer around my head, but that is the reality of the situation. I do have a death date and I need to live accordingly. As much as the thought of a death meditation still freaks me out, Sammy, I am becoming more open-minded to it because exactly like you said, this exercise definitely helped me think about death in a way that makes me maybe a little bit less insecure and creeped out and can see it as a way to put my life into perspective. So the takeaways for this episode, Michelle... One of the biggest ones for me was that we really do live our lives for both the short term and the super long term, but in the worst way sometimes. We do short term things that are bad for us, and we also stay in situations that are just meh, which can be really bad for us in the long term. It reminds me of something that Jillian Johns Ruth says, that the sixes are the most dangerous. Like on a scale of one to 10, if you're rating things that you're doing, the sixes are the dangerous things because they're not so terrible that you want to escape and they're not so great that you know clearly you're doing the right thing. They're just like good enough that you kind of settle for them. I think the death clock really brings out those sixes when you look at the different time frames. I believe, Sammy, you've given me that advice before when it came to my dating life as well. But seriously, Sammy, one thing we recommend is taking a moment to think, meditate, write, journal about what your different situations would look like if you had a death clock that was one years, five years, 20 years, maybe 100 years, whatever gets your mind flowing, or maybe talk about it with a friend or a loved one and see if there's anything that either of you are thinking about that this would inspire change. For sure, if I had a death clock that said 100 years, I would lotion my body every single day. Amen, Sammy. And I tell you that you don't (laughs) do it enough. Do be wary about who you speak to about your death clock because if you're my mother, you will just use your Indian Catholic guilt to make your daughters feel bad because in all of her answers, she said, I would spend more time with my children. One year, more time with my children. 10 years, more time with my children wait a second. Guys, I might die soon. Please spend more time with me. (laughs) It's funny because I just listened to this comedy stand-up special, which is by this Indian mom. And she was talking exactly about this, how Indian parents use their death as a form of discipline for their children. (laughs) And Very relatable. Yes. And she's talking about this example where her son was putting extra sugar in his cereal. And she's like, How can you put extra sugar in your cereal? Do you want me to die? And then she did all these examples from other parts of India. And the last one, she was just looking at her son put the sugar in the cereal. And she said, 
Johnny, why don't you just take the knife instead? <laughs> Indian people have had a death clock on the mind for so long, but they've just been using it as a weapon. Yes, they have. Sounds hilarious, Sammy. I'm sure it's even better when it comes from her directly, so we will link to our show notes. And one thing I want to mention, Michelle, is we've talked a lot about the changes that you would make. And the truth is, a lot of times if we knew that we'd be making a change for the better, we would do it today, even if we didn't have a death clock over our head. The truth is, we don't know if changes are actually going to be better, or if they're going to be worse, or the same. We really just don't know. Sometimes all we can really know is that we do need change. And the only way to get to a different situation is to change a situation. That's definitely true, Sammy. I remember I saw a quote once, which is that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And that always reminds me that it's not about making a decision that's good or bad or getting to a better or worse place. Anytime you make change or you don't make change, you are in exactly the place that you need to be. Exactly, Michelle. So for our content corner today, Sammy, I think you actually brought up a really good recommendation. Ah, yes, Michelle. I think you are talking about Jillian Johnsrud's podcast, Everyday Courage, and the episode, Get Unstuck from a Mediocre Life, which we will definitely link to in the show notes. This is the episode where she talks about how the sixes can be so dangerous for us. I really enjoyed this episode too, Sammy, after you recommended it to me because it's another really great way to reflect on the things in your life and say, hey, maybe I didn't think this was a total thorn in my side, but also maybe it's not the thing I need moving forward. If you guys do the death clock exercise, please contact us with your insights. We love getting back that feedback. For example, last week on our episode about horrible advice, our listener Julie messaged us with another example, which was so good. It was, you can sleep when you're dead. I hate that piece of advice. Sleep is so important and literally your entire mood, your entire cognitive ability will be changed if you get the appropriate amount of sleep and you will certainly die sooner if you do not get the right amount of sleep. So yes, this is a great example of horrible advice. I would also love to shout out Kathy who gave us the feedback that someone else she knew went to Safeway and had difficulty buying yams because they mark them wrong. <laughs> and I feel very validated by that. Oh my god, this yams conspiracy is bigger than we thought. Safeway, get your act together. And that is why it is important for us to communicate with each other with this podcast. I totally agree, Sammy. Send us an Instagram message at statusposedulting. Email us, statusposedulting at gmail.com. Send us a text. Send us a letter. Telepathically send us messages. We might not get those. Not the most telepathic. But maybe if you manifest hard enough, we'll receive it. And most importantly, be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and rethink the status quo.